2: This week's major spoilers podcast goes out to the following fine and faithful foilerites. <laughs> Crystal Groves. Stephen Howland. Theo Poe-Selt. Nicholas Starinsky. That is a superhero name right there. He's probably star DDP McCarthy. Laurie McClory. <laughs> Joshua Matthew. Kyle Romero. Everyone's name should rhyme. Leet Tees, Nathan Buskill. Nathan Buskill. Jeffrey Peterson. Daniel Berg, Charles Muir, Wayne Mallet, Alexander Rudiger, Rudiger Rudiger, Casey Bradley, Ryan Wells, Don Willis, Aaron Lim, Olin Luttrell, Vern Wells, Christopher Parsons, Chris Hensley, Eric Anderson, Jeffrey Peterson, that name sounds familiar, Benjamin Wixer, Bo King, Andrew Coleman, and Sean Krause. Fine and faithful spoilerites all. We'd love to have your name join them in the hallowed ranks of golden something-something spoilerosity, or silver, we're good with that too, allowing a future Major Spoilers production to go out to you. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course,
3: spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers (laughs) Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans.
2: In this issue, we're still a little verklempt about the end of How I Met Your Mother, but as always, the show must go on, and we've got comics and movies and all that fun stuff, even though it's all going to turn to dust, and eventually we're all just going to keel over and die from rhinitis or rickets or, I don't know, bald-headed Yaks will smell like rotting beef carcasses, but darn it, we're here, we're happy, and we're gonna have a good, we're gonna have a good (laughs) 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 because the major spoilers podcast is on the air, and I'm not depressed.
3: Welcome to issue 567 of the major spoilers podcast. Thanks for downloading, thank you for sharing. We've been doing this for years and years and years, and it's only because of you that uh, we can do this show and all the shows in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network week after week after week.
4: Cost costs after money week. to do I this, and we appreciate everybody
3: who uh, who contributes, who's either a Major Spoilers VIP or who uses our Amazon link or whatever that you do to help us uh, continue to produce this content week after week. We appreciate each and every one of you. So I uh, also want to give a quick apology. We had a podcast brownout last week. A brownout? A brownout. You know, when you have an electricity brownout, brownout, your podcast don't go, your electricity doesn't go away, but it like dims down to like 20%. You may be too young (laughs) to even know what a brownout is.
0: I thought a brownout was... careful now. ...when you took a really big dump in the toilet. No. And you tried to flush, but it splattered up inside
2: the bowl. Zachary.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Come on, guys. Come on, guys. You knew a poop joke was coming. Come on! I've, I have often, <laughs> I've often
1: wondered. Obviously, um, uh, Stephen uh, hired Zach because he, you know the kid's a good writer, um, and he's he's good on the mic. But I always, I always wondered what it was that Stephen saw in him from his like. Well, they were taking his classes i wonder i assume if, it's this i assume steven <laughs> I at some point no, when no. he was teaching said something about poop and zach just cracked i'm up. sure i'm like, sure at walk. one point
3: there's a lecture where i mention um i mentioned dick and fart jokes are one form <laughs> yeah, of humor yeah, yeah. and zach probably uh, landed on that i'm just curious if zach <laughs> thinks that uh, uh mr hanky's christmas special or mr yeah mr hanky's christmas <laughs> special is a uh, documentary
0: Wow, Mr. hanky's
3: You know Mr. Hanky the Christmas special. poo. Mr. Hanky no, the Christmas Pooh. He loves me and I love you so vicariously. He loves you too. <laughs> that's uh, that's how young this kid is. Uh, th- okay, yeah, you know what? Were you even alive in ninety six? Yeah, ninety seven. Yeah, how old were you? Was
0: two. I was uh, th- um, five or six. So, yeah,
3: you probably don't know. Oh, Do you know who Mr. Hanky is?
1: He sounds like a South Park character.
3: Yes.
4: Oh, god.
0: He
1: wasn't allowed to watch South Park back oh, then. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Were you
3: no even he's allo- not allowed
2: the- to watch South Park
0: now. He's got to No, I hide it. I hide it. I have an extra <laughs> Netflix account just so I can watch South Park. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I'm just wondering if you, if you know what a brownout is. It's where, you know, like uh, your electricity doesn't go completely out. But there's right. just enough flowing to, you know, kind of light well, up the lights. And no. it, instead of being bright light, it kind of really dims down really low, like right. 30, 40 percent of also, intensity.
0: No, no, that a sounds sci- medieval. OK, so the now the he's making out. fun of us. The that lights have old. either been on or they're off unless you have a dim control. Is that is like is that see, what a right. brownout is? Everyone goes to everyone's
2: house. With dim no, it's controls, a creepy thing because it can blow dim- up all your electronics
3: is what can happen.
2: Well, that sounds horrible. Not only is he young, he's from a small town where these things well, don't happen. Well, I would imagine that you would have brown brownouts in a small town. No, small towns. Have I was like born in a small a town. I lived in a big town station. for yes, a while, but you I still was raised say, in a small town.
0: A, like a country song.
2: I'm going home. Oh my home. god, Zach, two poop jokes in <laughs> a John Cougar Mellencamp. I am out. He doesn't I'm, even I'm know gonna that. I'm going to go mourn uh, the Ted show.
3: John Mellencamp is not country.
2: No, he's 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 folk rock, or no, he's sci-fi fantasy. Oh God! He
3: no, he's most certainly not that. So anyway, we hit our. Li- so anyway, getting back to the podcast brown, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, which is not Keep a-
3: calling it a brown out that makes everything better. Which is not a poop reference. <laughs> for once, <laughs> for once, <laughs> give us that's the name of this episode. Not I'm, a poop reference. I'm so anyway, we War. we host all of our uh, podcasting content with Libsyn. Uh, they're a good provider. Uh, for put, putting up your shows and we have one of the top tiers of uh, service plans with them storage plans with them and it's like one and a half gigabytes a month we generated so much content last month that we hit our cap <laughs> about three days before the first of the month oh. so
0: which is bad for us when we put
3: yeah because we couldn't At least put they up, show up a day. we couldn't put up uh the magic minute. we couldn't mm. put up Zach on film. We couldn't put up the want list audio show. We couldn't put up Wayne's comics. We barely had enough space for me to squeeze in critical hit over the past weekend, which is uh, good, which was good because I, I, I kind of sacrificed Zach on film. no no, no so that we could get critical hit up.
0: put it on a platter and kill it. It does deserve
3: it It does deserve to be put on a platter. And then sacrifice. And sacrifice to <laughs> yeah, the then podcasting then gods. hit. <laughs> so part of the problem is that I was using a new compression scheme, which I um, I, I guess a lot of people use the, this compression scheme for their audio. And yeah, maybe, I mean, it didn't sound that much different to me. But man, it helped eat up a lot of that space in the second half of the month. So we're not going to be doing that. We're back to the old compression scheme. So um, I'm going to bet listeners don't even know the difference or hear the difference. Yeah. Um, so we shouldn't hopefully have a problem again, but it does bring up a bigger issue. We are doing so many podcasts that we're going to probably have to find some additional storage space somewhere. Maybe not with Libsyn, maybe with somebody else. And that costs money. No. So uh, all your shows are back this week. It's April 1st. This is also not an April 1st uh, joke podcast.
2: No. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, I don't know. Two poop jokes in a John Cougar melon camp. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds about right, though. Two. That's yeah. the title
3: of this episode. Two poop jokes <laughs> and Cougar John Cougar. See, jo- what does he go by now? John Mellencamp. John, John Mellencamp. Cougar Mellencamp. I think it's, I think it's John JCM. Cougar
0: JCM. JCM. He, he, goes,
1: he, goes Mel- by, uh, he goes. He goes by
2: Jonathan <sighs> right, Jonathan
1: Honk-Aloa. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Johnny Mellie Mel.
3: Uh, Disney's Frozen becomes the highest-grossing animated film ever. So says adjusted Disney.
2: for inflation.
3: I don't know. They don't say that it's adjusted for inflation. Um, what do you? But it did beat out it Toy Story three. Not um, much in there. Let's see. So a total well, you it might is three hundred ninety eight million domestically, six hundred and seventy four million internationally. That's one point oh seven two million dollars, or one point or just over a billion dollars in yes. the uh, box office. That's pretty amazing
2: for tic- animated film. Tickets are twenty seven dollars a piece. What was, what was oh, Toy, no, you know, was Toy that, Story at?
3: Uh Toy Story Did it crack a bee? Did it crack a bee? Did
0: it
2: crack a bee? Is that a is that a rap reference?
0: No, no, no. no.
2: <laughs> yo yo, Zachy Wolf gonna crack a bee, y'all.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: If I cracked it's a time bee, to bust a I can tell you what,
0: I wouldn't be sitting in this chair. We'd be probably in our G eight. Doing this podcast flying across the country because we could because I'd have a billion dollars and stuff would get crazy.
2: What's it? What's
0: a G8? It's a fictional airplane.
1: It's
2: yeah. I thought G8 was that uh, guy who had his battle aces and hung out with Doc Savage and stuff. No. Wow. No,
1: No oh, man.
3: Wow. So this is only Thank
2: this you, is guys. only poop jokes are funny. Pulp jokes are not.
3: Ah. So, the cool thing is this is just counting uh ticket sales. It really doesn't go into looking at um the uh, the d v d release, which is going to mm-hmm. be huge which, I mean
0: frozen crush in the first day, oh didn't my it? God, it did yeah
3: uh the youngest, the sidekick watched it once and just fell in love with it over spring break, so huh. we watched it almost every single day and he runs around screaming at the top of his lungs, let it go, let it go mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So he, he loves singing that, and the other. what's the other big song that they, they sing in there? Oh, the one at the beginning, Do You Want to Build a Snowman?
0: Yeah. Man, he goes
3: one. off running around singing that, which is good, Yeah, but uh, man, Frozen. We'd have to run the numbers uh, adjusted for inflation. Matthew, if you want to go and do that, uh, you may certainly do that. What I'm seeing that.
2: is adjusted for inflation. It's number five of all time, but even so, that's impressive. Of all, of time, all time animated
3: movies or all-time movies?
2: Uh, It doesn't say specifically I... What, what so what's what's up, what are the other it? what
3: are the other four?
2: It doesn't sell me that either. Oh, okay. Oh. Well. Otter, Otter Disaster just tweeted the answer for me. He's like, it's number five. That's still like, whoa. I'm like, okay.
3: Well, that is still a pretty big deal. And if it's of all movies, then you've got Batman, um, uh, Dark Knight. Avengers. And then the, Avengers. The Titanic. Um, and Titanic um, and, Ty- and Avatar. There you go. Those would be your
2: other four probably. Nope. And The Wizard of Oz. The
3: Wizard of Oz, the Wizard of Oz, in the Ducktales movie, Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Rescuers Down Under. So, what do you guys think of a new?
2: uh,
3: You know, we've got uh, Superman Earth One. We've seen Batman Earth One. Actually, we've had two installments of Superman Earth One. Now we've got on the way from uh, DC Comics announced at the Emerald City Comic Con, Teen Titans Earth One, written by Jeff Lemire, the guy behind uh, Sweet Tooth and most recently uh, Swamp Thing, and then uh, Terry Dodson. A lot of people know his art, most recently on Wonder Woman. And uh, they're bringing Victor Stone, Tara Markov, Joey Wilson and Gar Logan together as uh, as the Teen Titans.
2: Oh. But in a way that you've never
3: seen them before.
2: (laughs) Somehow, I don't know if I believe that.
3: Yeah. You know, who who has read the uh, Earth One stuff? Anybody besides me? Yeah, just you. I they haven't. change it they change it up enough to where it is a very good Elseworlds title. Mm. Uh what they did with uh, especially with what they did with uh um Alfred in Batman Year One, that was pretty cool. Uh yeah. where they don't make him this old cogity old uh butler. He's basically served in the military with uh, Bruce's father at some point and then uh was uh, tasked with um protecting the family when uh thomas wayne was running for elected office and then because the parents were killed he took it upon himself to protect the young the young wayne and is pretty Mm -hmm. kick-ass in that series
2: it's interesting to me that they have the the basic wolfman teen titans minus anybody who's a sidekick
3: right yeah no no robin
2: right mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I have to go. No Robin, no wonder girl, no kid flash, but you've got everybody else. Yeah, you've got a, a in, in the
3: artwork, they have a Raven, Starfire. they have a Raven character and she looks more, um, native American than spooky otherworldly person, which is interesting.
2: That's kind of interesting. And they've got beast boy back in green. Oh yeah. that, that is the one unforgivable thing for me in the new 52 is turning, uh, Changeling red. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I know, right? And that's, 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 that's totally bizarre, but
1: no, for me, no, that's the mean, one I, thing I'll I, forget- I get it. I get it. I, I mean, there's stuff like that that could potentially bug me too. I was, I was okay with it just because, um, I, honestly, I, I, at this point, anything that is a, a lower, level of like impact than having rainbow lanterns I tend to be okay with <laughs> so it's like okay well all animal powered heroes are now part of the red so they have to be red I'm like alright as long as you don't come up with seven like as long as we have the red and the green and like the evil guys and that's it like <laughs> as long as you don't start bringing like the purple in I'm fine yeah.
2: they're they're the flower plant heroes yeah. uh, led by Black Orchid Yep. but you know no other thoughts. I, I kind of want to read this. If you, if I you do haven't kind read, of want to read
3: this. The Superman Earth One, the very first one, was pretty interesting, um, but later on, it felt like there were, um, you know, it 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 felt like you could see some of that influence uh, spreading over into the New Fifty Two.
2: Hmm. Was and that I, a uh, Joe Straczynski thing? That was,
3: I believe you're right, Straczynski who did that. Uh, let me look it up real right. quick um
2: because i'm i'm a sucker for a good cyborg story but i think the reason that i avoided uh earth one was because of straczynski on superman
3: yes it's straczynski on superman
2: illustrated by that's Shane why Davis. i never read it
3: and then uh batman earth one i also believe is straczynski but let me double check
2: i think you're right that sounds right
3: uh no jeff johns wrote that one mm-hmm. gary frank huh. but jeff johns did a really good job on that and, and so i mean it's a. Uh, it is a it really is. I mean, it's the same theme. Parents die. Revenge. I'm going after these people. But it's done with like uh, Alfred the entire way going, no, you are not doing this and doing everything that he can to not encourage uh, Bruce to do this to the mm-hmm. point to where he just lets him get his ass kicked a lot of mm-hmm. times. But it's only at the very end where he comes in and really saves the day Um, mm-hmm. that it that it, it
2: makes it really different. So. Do you I think mean, they can bring in if Starfire? Because if you can bring in Starfire, I'm I'm sold on this book.
3: I don't know who the uh, in the artwork. I don't know who is the girl all wrapped in uh, bandages or whatever. Yeah, but I,
2: I I doubt
1: that's going to be a, a Starfire character.
2: Yeah. It's possible. Honestly, she, to
1: me that I mean obviously there's ravens all around. You know, be, behind the 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 this, this person, person character. with the, yeah the central right. character, but that to me looks more like a raven character than the girl with well, all the ravens the only know, thing with,
3: with the, the only hood. thing that i'll say is just keep in mind that they do twist things up quite a
2: bit yeah probably you know, that character. girl has featureless green eyes i mean that that that's like starfire's thing right
1: what i'm curious about is that blonde guy in the back
2: that's jericho that's,
1: yeah i that's and that's what i figured but they yeah. didn't uh
2: they don't call him out they said joey wilson that's jericho's oh name. yeah yeah so it is Yep. Vic Stone is Cyborg. Tara Markov, of course, is uh, Beast Boy.
3: <laughs> Tara Markov is uh, Terra. <laughs> yeah. What?
2: <laughs> Dude.
3: Hey, you never know. Zach's over here going, oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to look that That's up. That's true. Every yeah, once yeah. in a
2: while, I have to let Steven correct me. So, you know, it's cool. Same reason Superman loses in a fight to Batman every once in a while. Just to keep the playing field even, you know.
1: The... Oh, yeah. <laughs> The reason why I'm into these is uh, – actually, I, I feel the opposite reason as to why Steven likes them, uh, which is that these are comics that take the characters in different directions and mm-hmm. don't owe anything to the continuity, right? They're no, not, right? they don't. Right? They don't, right. don't at all. And that's cool. That. Yeah, and that's what's cool.
3: Are, wow. they,
2: are they interrelated The Superman and Batman? No,
3: and that's the, that's the weird thing. I thought at one point they were talking about um, creating this whole Earth-1 universe – but you know we've only had 3 books published so far and I know in in Superman uh book 2 Earth 1 whatever it was I know that he and Batman don't meet um so you know it does take place in this quote unquote Earth 1 we don't know where that is in the whole multiverse of uh DC so no there's nothing that says this has to be tied to uh cool. you know Earth Prime yeah. or New 52 or Old DCU or whatever this is just like here these characters. Go for it.
2: If this is that's completely cool. devoid of anything else, I mean, it makes perfect sense as to why you don't have the sidekicks in here now. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not tied to the Superman and Batman series, I'm even more interested. Yeah, no, no. Because
3: it, I'm going to bet it totally isn't.
2: A, a book that's just a solo book, and they don't seem to be, like, super superhero-y. They seem to be kids wearing clothes with the exception of, well, obviously, Cyborg. and mm-hmm. yeah, Cyborg's mm-hmm. just naked. Yeah, he's cyborg. He looks weird. It's just, uh, well, cyborg always looks weird. I mean, he's a guy yeah, who true. lost his arms, his legs, and a quarter of his head. And the way that people, you know, differentiate how you lose your arms and legs and a quarter of your head makes him look like cyborg. So mm-hmm. I like the fact that he seems to have more um, human arm than any of the cyborgs I've seen previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it
3: doesn't look like he has something that's gonna transform into a giant gun.
2: Uh, I wouldn't be his too other, sure that left arm, arm is, left is arm. All, all. Well, it's all metal, but it but even mean. so, yeah, yeah, You know, even cyborg, cyborg without his white sound generator can still be cyborg. Um, if you if you break these characters down and you, you know you limit their power sets or change their power sets, I think that there's still a lot of strength to the character bases you've got here. I mean, the the Teen Titans kids cartoon is a completely different. Mm-hmm sort of thing than the original Wolfman Perez Titans, but they're both phenomenal. Right. There's a lot to play with here. I mean, especially if you go with the, uh, the either of the, uh, the character bases, you've got your beast boy. Who's kind of the, the all in party kid or the jokester. You've got your, you know, your Tara who's always been kind of rude and snotty. And you know, the, the kind of character that kids seem to love on the TV, you got your cyborg as the center. I don't know. I, I may actually have to read this now. Thanks, Steven. Hey, you're welcome. Uh-huh. That's what we're here
3: for, to make recommendations and to get people interested in the topics that we talk about. And uh, Steven if, with a pH. If uh, <laughs> you want to help, help us out, head over to Majorspoilers.com. Click on that Amazon.com link, and I know you can order Superman Earth-1, Batman Earth-1, and I'm going to bet when it is released, Teen Titans Earth-1 for everybody to check out. Ooh. So uh, go do this. Now, uh, other news. The Red Star, the series from... Um, Christian Gossett is headed to television. The Red Star. I don't think we've ever reviewed The Red Star. But several people were like, oh, we Stephen, have- here's good news for you. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm not a communist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> that you never yeah, know but of. It, I, it touches on things that I think you would enjoy. I mean, it's kind of an alternative history comic. Yeah, it's a well. And so we talked about that. What was that? Some- a couple
3: of weeks ago, Rodrigo, where we talked about alternate histories. Mm-hmm. So what it does is it takes Russian folklore and military history and mixes it with um, magic and uh, mayhem and whatever else that happens in it and and stuff and
2: stuff. That's pretty cool. And immortals and stuff.
3: Yeah. And so apparently they're turning it into a television series. This was announced by the uh, series creator Christian Gossett last week. He didn't say where it was going to be done, you know, what network was picking it up, if it was gone anything beyond a pilot stage. He just, you know, kind of dropped that news and they kind of said, oh, this is great. Uh, This is fantastic. And I know nothing about the Red Star series. I looked it up. I went to their website. I looked at the images. It certainly does look pretty. Um, I do kind of get a kick out of that alternate history kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, it's kind of up your alley. If you want, I mean, I can dig around and say, I know we have them at the store. We could do a trade paperback review. I don't know if, is
3: it available on the Comixology <laughs> well, there, Zach?
2: Well, well, let's jump into
3: an app. Jump into an app, to why a, don't jump you? Jump into an app. Now, jump refresh into for an pe- app. For people, app, Matt, app, uh, uh, app. Rodrigo, who don't remember the discussion about uh, revisionist history or, or uh, fake histories, mm-hmm. give, give everybody your quick uh, rundown on that.
1: I don't remember exactly what we talked about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that doesn't help.
3: So then let's bring it up. Uh, So what do you think of tales and stories that take what we know in history and tweak them, like including magic or set in a world where everything you know is right except the Germans won the war? war.
1: I I think it it, – I like them up to a point. I think that sometimes uh, they um, can kind of be very problematic just in in the sense that people are like, well, if the like probably the the worst ones that you'll encounter is like, what if the South had won the war? And then like it proceeds to like be terrible and it's like, yeah, they're showing you that it would have been terrible. But also there's something that's fundamentally terrible about the assumptions they're making Mm -hmm. to to write the story. So in that sense, that's you know, kind of a a problem. Um if you're like, well, what if in like the nineteen sixties magic had come back into the world and now people are magicians and there's magic and so like you know, that stuff can be cool. It's it really in a lot of ways, it's uh we see it in superhero comics to a certain degree. Um, especially the 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 rare ones where they're like, okay, well, the X-Men started out in the 60s, so let's look at the, like, let's say that that happened, and then let's just kind of continue that line as to what would have happened afterwards. Um, you, you know, you see that kind of stuff um, to a certain degree. You know, you could say that Astro City is kind of that way, um, sure. where superheroes in real time start popping into the world, Mm -hmm. And it drastically changes the way the world works.
2: One of my favorite comics of all time, and somebody actually said to me, what's your favorite obscure comic? And I named three things he'd never heard of. And I'm like, what's yours? He's like, Ragman. I'm like, great. Um, That's just a meaningless anecdote I thought I'd throw out there. Uh, But one of my favorite obscure comics of all time is called Captain Confederacy. And it's really, really hard to explain to people that this is the story of a world where the South was never defeated and the union, the basically the United States and the Confederate States of America coexist in a world that later discovers superheroes. It's an incredibly complicated premise, but it's really well written. It's fascinating stuff. And of course, you know, the writer did 16 issues over the course of like 15 years and then kind of dropped off the face of the planet. But, that, I mean, that sort of alternative history stuff can be really, really awesome as long as it's not all like, you know, quick, facile sort of, well, this happened. Yeah. You know, a lot of, uh, oh, I'm sorry. You're okay.
1: A lot of, uh, sci fi kind of does this, um, automatically and, and without really thinking about it too much as, a, as an alternate history. But, uh, some sci fi stories, Di- like the timeline diverges somewhere in either very in right. the very recent future, somewhere or back in the timeline, in the, past.
3: the timeline <laughs> yeah, diverged exactly. to where your father died and Biff married your mother.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you know, for example, um, if you look at uh, Shadowrun when mm-hmm. uh, when the Shadowrun storyline, I think when they started writing it. S- events were still in the future but eventually the game and the storyline have been around for so long that they caught up to the um to the genesis of that universe right oh, right right
4: genesis
2: so,
1: yeah so <laughs> it uh Shadowrun has become I- I- in its own way kind of this revisionist history mm-hmm. of what has happened in the world you still play the game like almost a hundred years in the future but they had to rewrite basically all of these events that have happened, mm-hmm. you know, since 1990, basically. Mm-hmm.
3: There was a, I read and one argument. To- I was going to say I read one argument when you're talking about revisionist history and retconning. We've talked about retcons before in the show. In fact, we talk about them quite a bit. I read an uh, interesting argument about how I met your mother was this final episode was nothing more than a giant retcon of most of the events that happened in the series. Is that true, Matthew? Oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't watch the episode, so I don't know if that's true or not. No.
2: I, I would not call it a retcon. I would say that there are some problematic elements to the story. And you know how when you, when you go through your life and sometimes you sit there and you feel like I've done this before, I'm at this same point and I'm having these same discussions and these same arguments, or I'm failing at the same things. And I'm <laughs> Tuesday not night, Tuesday, major Tuesday. Podcast. Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> the, the show spent most of season eight and all of season nine focusing on a specific relationship, which then was shown to disintegrate just a few years into the future. And so what happened was they put a lot of effort into a narrative about how this is going to happen and this is going to be the thing and this is why we want you to get behind this narrative and this is why we want you to get behind this couple. And then halfway through, they're like, oh, wait, no, it failed. They didn't get the happy ever after that they were trying to build up to. And I think there are a lot of people frustrated and upset about that. And understandably so. I mean, the most important thing when they talk about the retcon is if you're watching that show. If you watch How I Met Your Mother with the expectation that it is literally a story about how he met the mother, you are going to be angry you are going to be in the streets flipping cars, setting people on fire, dogs and cats living together. No, because, because the series actually the end, is about not, how he met about. his mother. Yeah, it's, it's about not.
3: all the events, all the events in his life that not. led up to him meeting the the woman at the uh, at the it wedding. It is not,
0: but it, it is not. It, it, it wouldn't that just mean this is my life? Because how long it takes? I mean, I have I've yeah. watched not very many episodes of How I Met Your Mother, and certainly not even half the episodes. But Mm -hmm. when you're telling a story that long, essentially like if you told a story, if it was this, the the show is called how I died and it was 10 seasons long. The, the (laughs) the show is not that leading up to the moment it died.
1: It's 10 seasons of this is my life. And then eventually I die. Yeah. And that's, and that's what the show is because the, the show in, at, at, has, although at times I feel has been brilliant, at times has been the best thing on on TV, is in fact a catchy hook to Mm -hmm. do Friends again. I mean, it really is. It's, you know, five cool kids living in New York being cool and having cool friends and adventures. Oh yeah, and also Bob Seigert narrates. (laughs) And it's a story where at the end you're supposed to get this thing. The the real issue is that um, the that level of anticipation mm-hmm. um, you know it like the hook grew to be its own thing yes. um, more so than just like this cute device that that allows you to have a narrator which is something that has largely fallen by the wayside except in very specific circumstances like arrested development mm-hmm. um it uh it kind of Gained a life of its own and then the moment that the writers tried to steer it in any direction except the one that the audience expected it started causing problems and it started causing problems like two or three seasons ago yeah Yeah. Um, and it even even if they had lined it up completely with expectations it would have had problems. Like, like, basically, the show was kind of weirdly too successful for its own good. Kind of like Lost. If -hmm. Lost had ended after the first season, then everybody would have been like, boy, that sure would have been awesome to see how that ended. (laughs) But when you saw how Lost ended, everybody was like, boy, I wish I
2: hadn't. As a person who has seen every one of the 208 episodes of How I Met Your Mother, some of them many, many times. Season 1, episode 13, I literally have memorized and my daughter has memorized. And that's, that's my thing. That's, that's kind of what I do with stuff that I really, really attach to is I memorize it and every, every inch of it backwards and forwards, I can read that thing to you, chapter and verse. There are three questions that have come out of this that people, I think, are misreading. The first question is, why doesn't he sound like Bob Saget? Ask me why, Steve. Um, why? What's the deal with Bob Saget? <laughs> okay, at the end of this episode, the final episode, we cut to the first person perspective of Ted in the future. And we see him in the future for the first time. For nine seasons, we've heard him talk. When you listen to this podcast, does your voice sound the same on the show as it does in your head?
3: Oh, yes, most definitely. No, My that's voice sounds exactly the same. why like I it never listen to any of them. I sound but, ever but, so much more clever. But here's the thing, people who have not ever seen us before and only hear the voice right. get confused.
2: Okay. Hmm. My my voice sounds different when I speak in my head than when I hear it recorded. For 9 seasons we've had Ted's point of view perspective looking at his children, telling his children this story. In the last episode, we see Ted in the future for the first time. We cut to him, we hear his voice as it actually is and not the way it sounds in his head. That's me. That's my thing. Secondly, the title of the show has, to me, to be treated as an artifact title. It's not a show about how I met your mother. It is a show, and this only came up in like the last 15 minutes of the finale. It's not a show about how I met your mother. It's actually a show about something that happens considerably after that point, which is a very bittersweet, very... Infuriating, uh, but very cool kind of cyclical, cyclical ha, point. And third, and most importantly, if you watch a show, and I've watched this show for a long time, you start to think of these people as real people, as your friends. And when your friends do things that you don't agree with, things that are unhealthy, things that are damaging to them, or things that remind you that your friends are Fallible people who make mistakes, who say stupid things, who do terrible things, who hurt each other and hurt other people, and are basically occasionally ass clowns, it makes you mad. If you're somebody watching this show expecting it to be just a sitcom narrative, hell yeah, I understand why you're mad about the season finale. I, I would be mad too. But going into this show, I felt like I knew where the horror was going to come in. And I was right about part of it and not right about part of it. I liked the show. I give it an A- minus for the season finale. But I think the main part about it is that season finale doesn't change the previous eight seasons where there were good episodes, but, but there going were terrible into the, episodes, and there were great episodes.
3: Go, but going into the question of retconning, does it bring into question – any of the stories that were told or changing that that uh, question that was told. And I guess a follow up question is because they filmed the ending of this mm-hmm. stuff 10 years ago, they painted themselves in a corner.
2: To some degree. Yeah, I would say that the show itself has been pretty good about saying occasionally that Ted is an unreliable narrator. Ted changes events. Ted misremembers events. There's one character who occurred Six, seven times over six seasons, we never knew her name. And finally, he's like, Oh, yeah, her name's Carol. This is a man telling a story. And there have been times when the narrative, the meta narrative, is he doesn't remember the story correctly. The story of his 30th birthday in like season three is this huge, shaggy dog story where he's like, Oh, wait, that was my 31st birthday. So we're, you know, we're waiting for a punchline that never came there. I would say, I don't think it's a retcon. I think it's a, it's a troubling development on a number of, number of fronts, but it's one that felt, if not natural, at least organic to the story that they were trying to tell. And yeah, I think having an ending in advance is always a bad idea because the show tried to evolve past the ending that they wrote in 2007. And the fans really wanted it to evolve past the ending that they wrote in 2007. But the creators had the ending that they wanted to do. They did that ending and it got to a point where had we had this ending at the end of season five, I think people would have been, Oh, that was awesome. Had it been Mm. at the end of season six, less effective and each successive season to the point where we get to season nine. And it's, you know, it's people are saying it's one of the worst season finales of all time. Oh, I didn't see the worst series. I saw that. that. Mm. Um, the, the, I'm not going to say their name, but they're named after a uh, a vegetable. Their audio visual group <laughs> uh, opined today that it was one of the worst season finales of all time. Well, up that's there a weird site, though. No, the <laughs> AV Club is not. The AV Club is a straightforward review site, mm. but mm. Neither, neither here nor there. Depends on what you mean by retcon. I say no. I mostly like it, but. I can see where if you watch three seasons of something and those three seasons build and build and build to something, they give you that something and then they say, also in the future, that something is no longer a something. Yeah, you would feel betrayed. You'd be upset. But life kind of works that way for me. And I, I guess maybe it's just my expectation that sometimes you, you – life you the universe as i understand it subverts traditional narratives and i love it when my fiction does that too when they build and build and say here's here comes the happy ending here comes the happy ending oh crap carrie white's really dead that's probably not the best example Mm -hmm. but you know i i love that and some people understandably justifiably and perfectly rationally hate that sort of thing We'll have a huge problem with it. Did you watch this uh, I mean, finale,
3: uh, Rodrigo?
1: I haven't yet. Now,
2: oh, okay. That's well, why I'm trying sorry, to I'm sure, spoil it. For sorry
3: it. that uh, there's a lot of spoilers in there. No, there no, no,
1: no. I'm, no. I'm I'm, aware of it. And uh, the other thing the, is, um, I've, uh, I kind of lost a lot of steam on how I met your mother. Um, they lost Victoria. No, no. No, when she was introduced. Um, in <laughs> no, 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 actually, but, but right around the time when she was reintroduced into the show, oh, yeah, and not yeah. because she was reintroduced, but uh basically, the last couple of seasons just haven't really done it for me, aside from like very brilliant, specific episodes um uh I would say my um my um I guess, like, um, like, kind of like a, a, a apologist statement for how I met your mother is that how I met your mother is at its best when it's manipulating the meta narrative. Yep. Um, so you can't expect it to not do that as its last hurrah, I guess. Yeah. Um, that doesn't necessarily, last that's not going to make you enjoy it anymore, but it makes sense. Sure. The entire right, last so.
2: season took place over 48 hours. Sure. Yes. So I mean that right there is is crazy
3: or
0: a brownout. N-
3: no, you're supposed, a little, <laughs> you're supposed to say you're supposed to say cray cray there, Zach.
0: Oh, I got poop on the mind.
2: <laughs> Zach doesn't say cray cray, Stephen. He <laughs> only does. You know you know ever, do. Have you ever? You don't I follow do. Zach
3: Z Wolf yeah. on Twitter. I he say says cray cray all the time. A lot of stuff I say I is cray cray. Follow
2: Z Wolf yes. on Twitter. But I also follow Zach Braff on Twitter,
4: and Zach Braff and
2: Zach Wolf are very confusing because they have that similar sort of...
3: So here's another... Here's an interesting topic. We might as well just get this out of here since we're already 45 minutes into the show. Star Wars. Heck yeah. Zach, (laughs) sci-fi, or fantasy? Pass. I'm not getting in the
0: middle of this. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I don't like to box in my stories into categories like that
3: (laughs) nor nor nor
0: nor do i care you really don't not at all how come
3: i I never even thought about it when you think about a genre though i mean that can be rather important you know is your is your Wars is this a spy thriller or is it a horror movie that's a big distinction between those two
1: all right all right all right all
3: right right. so before we get started
1: here um (laughs) no matthew's entitled to his opinion before the the show uh (laughs) dear listeners um i was talking about something else and i made a reference to um to to sci-fi and how no two people see right. sci-fi the same way. Right, 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 right. And then, I, so somebody uh, somebody you, had said, <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody <laughs> had said, well, sci-fi fans are not into that. And I was like, well, if you put somebody who likes Star Wars and Star Trek in the same room, they'll murder each other. Before at which point, you finish
2: that sentence. Yes, at which
1: point, Steven and Matthew proceeded to start to murder each other. Because-
3: <laughs> no, I think we can have a, I think we can have a friendly discussion about, no, oh, know I'm how, not saying how do we classify wasn't, I, just,
1: just, I, I think it i i i i i'm just concerned that for the listeners this is like
2: <laughs> out of the blue oh no we're no just, i'm sure
1: we're, we're not stating our theses so theses? more feces yes. yes more theses i would like to state um. my feces
2: sack <laughs> You already did. You opened the
0: show.
4: But I'm going to. But I'm going to need a magazine. Look. And no, I'm just going to say music. this.
3: So here's what I'm going to say I classify uh, Star Wars as fantasy because it's basically a young squire on a quest to overthrow the evil lord of the land. Uh, and you have swords. Granted, they're technological swords. Based on um, laser, they were, swords. They were, Hold they were on. Hold on. Let me, let me give, give you my thing. Uh, but they are swords. And you have a you have a wizard in there in the form of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, you have, um, um, you know, squires, sidekicks, the R2-D2-C3PO uh, component. Uh, and then the biggest uh, thing is you have the force, which is magic in a sense. Uh, now, granted, one could argue that George Lucas tried to explain midichlorians as, as science. But some people in this panel don't uh, don't want to recognize episodes one, two and three. Uh, so if we're just looking at it from that standpoint, the force is a magical force uh, through all things. Uh, and so even though it has aliens, even though it has spaceships, Star Wars is at its core of the tale, a, a uh, fantasy tale. And Matthew wants to argue that Rebuttal. it's a sci-fi. Rebuttal.
2: Okay. Who's rebutting? You no, are. you, you, you. Ah. Okay. I'm going to fall back. On two positions. First and foremost, when you say it is a knight and a squire and the evil overlord, you're taking into account the, the narrative itself. Futuristic settings, futuristic science and technology, space travel... Uh, extraterrestrial life forms the existence of artificial intelligence the fact that the evil overlord is himself a cyborg kept alive the fact that the sword is a laser sword held in place with some completely probably impossible field all has the earmarks of science fiction now it's playing with the fantasy tropes in a science fiction setting but I think that it is primarily science fiction because we look at Star Trek,
3: oh, except for, which is
2: go ahead. and was designed to be a cowboy story in space, wagon mm-hmm. train mm-hmm. to the stars. Sure. You have the, the cowboy running the wagon train with his gun and his, his uh, sidekick, who is clearly meant to be evocative of the Native American Tonto type experience where he is himself from another culture and he comes in and he has these a perspective and he has the realization and you take all of these things and you break it down. I think star Wars and star Trek are both science fiction stories in a science fiction setting.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now you did say, I don't you, say you sci-fi say, because I hate sci-fi.
3: You did say uh, futuristic and star Wars is a story mm. that is an old story. It takes place a long time ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. Very much like, A fairy tale that starts off by saying once upon a time in a land far, far away. And I'm not saying you're wrong because this is a debate that is gone down through ages. And we had a really long debate in the Star Wars class um, that I co-teach with uh, three other faculty, one of them being a uh, uh, literature professor. And Mm -hmm. through a three hour long discussion between the three of us in the class, we come down to this realization that Star Wars at its heart is still fantasy. It's still those those themes that carry throughout. Um, and even though it is in a different setting, uh, you could take something that is set in a uh, uh, feudal Japan, and it can still have very much elements of fantasy. You can take um, uh, stuff that is set in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago, and it still can be very much fantasy. So I'm not dismissing your argument mm. that, you know, because it's got aliens and because it's got um uh, futuristic technology or technology that we have not invented yet, although we're getting closer and closer to a lot of that every day. Um, mm-hmm. th- my consensus and, and many other people would argue that it is certainly fantasy. Now, one way that we can reach in the middle is the fact that Star Wars technically falls into a subgenre called space opera. There you go, which is kind of the mixture of sci fi and fantasy See. together. Mm-hmm.
2: That but it's sort of a half elf
3: it kind of but it doesn't fall into the uh, bimon sci-fi con sci-fi con that we see on the uh the bimon what is it the bimonthly science fiction and fantasy convention that was in the simpsons don't say, universe don't uh, say, uh, say sci-fi. sci-fi i
2: hate sci-fi
3: <laughs> well it's i mean you may hate it but i mean that is a that is a term that people use
2: no it's a terrible term
3: so, you know, we, ha- we
2: started like this, this
3: discussion before, but I think it's good to get out. And this isn't a, mm-hmm. you know, yelling argument. No, 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 I'm no, no, stating no. my point. Matthew's stating his point. And now the best part I is the- our listeners can go over to the Major Spoilers website and they can use their justifications for why Star Wars is either fantasy or why uh, Star Wars is science fiction.
0: I would like to interject into this argument. You said you were
3: going
0: to... You gave a cop-out answer an hour ago. I got some stuff. Okay. According to IMDB, Mm -hmm. the Internet Movie Database, Mm -hmm. uh, Star Wars is categorized as action, adventure, (laughs) Mm -hmm. fantasy. Mm. Star Trek The Motion Picture, just for fun, is adventure, mystery,
3: sci-fi. Interesting. The more you know... Dun, 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 dun. Now, hey, of course, Matthew, has a, Matthew has a standard answer about American IMDb, sure. right? You know that? No, I don't. Matthew, what's your standard answer for anything on IMDb?
2: I I didn't know I had one.
3: Yeah, yeah. Every time we bring up IMDb, oh, you can't trust anything on IMDb.
2: No, that's Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Wikipedia, I don't trust, but that's because I was an editor in Wikipedia. So let me ask you this. The Prisoner, Mm-hmm. Science Fiction. No. Spy Story. Spy allegorical tale could be seen as very evocative of the the rogue ronin the uh, against the samurai masters and being forced to fight against the very well, people n- that he used to lead
3: i mean well it's not a historical I, drama are you sure spy thriller is actually a category and in, in a genre in, in itself
2: i think it's a historical drama it's set at the height of the cold war 1967
3: Historical drama would be like um, um, the um, Shogun would be a historical drama.
2: No, no, no. Uh, Gettysburg
3: would be a historical drama. It's
2: got got ninjas in it.
3: Um,
0: (laughs)
2: Armageddon.
3: Armageddon would not be (laughs) historical (laughs) drama.
1: See, I fit into the awesome category because
2: it has ninjas in it. What what, what we're really looking at here is the question of, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it a fantasy story with science fiction trappings? Or is it a science fiction story that plays with the tropes of fantasy? From my perspective, I look at it and they say, okay, well, I'm George Lucas. I'm George Lucas. And I apparently talk like this. And uh, what I really wanted to do was I wanted to evoke the Flash Gordon serials of my youth. And also uh, Usagi Ojimbo. When you look at that to me, it seems like one of the clear antecedents is solid science fiction. So mm. yes, he's using science fiction in a different a different sort of framework. And he's definitely making changes to it. But I mean, the, if you look at the Force and the Jedi thing and the Jedi Order I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call it a a movie steeped in philosophy. It has that there. It's part of the story, but I don't know. It's, I mean, it's a difficult question to say. I feel like it is a science fiction story with all of the science fiction stuff, but part of the reason that it is 50 years, 45 years down the line – what is it, 40 years? Hell, I don't know. Math is hard. 35, 37, 12 years from now. So. Yes.
1: Oh, sorry.
0: Um <laughs> so he's pretending
2: you're an auctioneer. Hey, swing batter.
1: No. Wait, that's not. That's right. a that's a left fielder. <laughs> that's that's a heckler. <laughs> uh, which you know, if you have a rude auctioneer. Um, so what do you think, what do you think, Rodrigo? I uh, I I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Um when you look at uh Star Trek and you look at Star Wars You say, well, are these um, sci-fi or fantasy? I would argue, if you guys are ready for this, I would argue that both are both because sci-fi or science fiction um, is a type of fantasy. Um, And we will take this all the way back to the uh, basically to evolutionary theory. A long time ago, there were reptiles, and eventually, uh, reptiles evolved the ability to breed live young and nurse them. Um, and those guys became mammals, and which actually means that mammals are actually a really weird, specialized type of reptile. We don't talk about it because it's confusing, but mammals are a type of reptile, and so are birds. You know, and, and we see that a lot more. Uh, in the sense that, you know, we see that like dinosaurs eventually became birds, right? Same thing. Birds are technically dinosaurs because they evolved from dinosaurs. They belong to that family. Sci-fi is actually the same way. Um, what did people do with fantasy? They uh, had cautionary tales, they explained things about the world, and they kind of put themselves through the paces of moral conundrums, you know? You didn't enter the Dark Forest. You said, well, what if the devil offers you this deal? What would you do? You know, that sort of thing. Eventually, that was taken over by science fiction. You know, somebody wrote a story about a man made out of corpses. And everybody was like, wow, electrodes sure are cool. And they started doing sci-fi. But sci-fi actually does the exact same thing for us that fantasy had done previously. Sci-fi is its own kind of fantasy with its own rules um now star wars i feel is kind of like a platypus right Mm -hmm. we uh got mammals Mm -hmm. and mammals are fine and then somewhere back earlier when things were still laying eggs it started kind of evolving that way but then it kind of went its own way so it still has these reptilian things. It has these mammalian things, but it's kind of its own thing. Star Wars kind of, even though it came uh, in the, you know, its Genesis was in the sixties and into the seventies. Um, the it's, um it's kind of this weird branch of the tree that resembles its ancestors a lot more. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is kind of a weird missing link. <laughs> Um, because most people would rather write more sci-fi-ish sci-fi. So mm-hmm. in my view, Star Wars is both sci-fi and fantasy mm-hmm. uh, because you can't have sci-fi without fantasy. Sure. I'll throw, in a, I'll throw in a little,
3: a uh, another uh, definition for fantasy is that it's de- generally distinguished from the genres of science, fic- science fiction and horror by the expectation that it steers clear of scientific and macabre themes, which – You know, Star Trek does do a lot of the beam-up, teleporter, transporter, phasers to stun technology. Uh, Star Wars focuses a lot on use the power of the force, and they don't really explain it. It's something that's all around. Uh, Respectively, though, there's a great deal of overlap between all three of these, all of which are subgenres of speculative fiction. So there we go. Um, Why don't we jump ahead into Major Spoilers Poll of the Week since we're debating stuff. Oh.
4: Week 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 week. Oh, this week,
3: ladies and gentlemen, this week.
4: <sighs> Captain America,
3: the, live the Winter in Soldier, somewhere
0: not America.
3: Well, yeah, because some places have already seen it. Like yeah. our good friend Cat Halo. <laughs> Cat Halo's already seen Captain America, yeah.
0: the Winter Soldier. <coughs> Those cool <coughs> people. Bad guy. Opens they live in theaters way far like, in the future.
3: About six hours. <laughs> Crazy, depending on if you're doing <laughs> daylight savings or, or
0: uh, not.
2: Uh, so, I don't know which direction you go around the planet?
3: Several of oh, us here point. at Major good Spoilers point. are uh, uh, going to see Captain America: The Winter Soldier on opening night. We've tasked Young Zach to buy tickets for everybody and get in line well. and buy popcorn and candies and the sodas um, and find us places to so much sit. As
0: buy tickets when I go to the theater.
3: Oh no, you're buying tickets for all of us. Well. So far, it looks like it's me, Rob, and D and D Brian. You, me, Rob, D and D Brian.
2: No, no. So you'll need five
0: seats. (laughs) No, I was going to sit on Rob's lap.
2: You'll need four seats.
3: (laughs) So the question is, are you going to go see Captain America, the Winter Soldier, on opening night? I want to go see it. That's what the plan is right now. So yes for me. What about you, Zach? Yes for you.
0: Yes, I will be seeing it opening night.
3: Where do you like to sit in the theater?
0: I like to sit... About uh, the middle of the aisle, of course. Right. Uh, about um, three quarters of the way back.
3: Three quarters of the way back. Yeah. Okay. Where do you like to sit? I like lately. I like sitting more towards the upper third of the theater in the middle. Oh, well, that's weird. Closer to the screen. Really. Further, like away, from the, further director, away from the upper. So so further away from the rattle. Further away from all the people that are making the noise. I
0: find that more people make noise down in the front.
3: No. That's a quiet area.
0: No, the noise is noise is up in the back.
3: Yeah, because in the back, people can't see what you're doing. Yeah, Because you're all looking forward. But I
0: look over people's heads when
3: they're down front. Yeah, but if you're in the back, I'm not going to turn around and look back at you and f- try to find out who's making noise. So you can get away Roll with it a me. lot easier.
0: Well, I guess that's so. true. That's why
3: people make out in the back of the theater.
1: Mm, I never did that.
3: Rodrigo, are you going to go see Captain America the Winter Soldier on opening night?
1: Which night is it? Friday.
3: Well, it depends on well, where I guess your your theater is playing at. Our theater says it's playing at eight o'clock on Thursday night.
1: Yeah. So, I, yeah, that's that's what it is. And it's like that that very first open is like yeah, yes. late on Thursday yeah, or right. like super early Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably not. I got a lot going on this week, so. Um, I'm probably not, but I I think I'm going to make an actual effort to go see it while it's in theaters, unlike basically every other movie I've, I've, I've been pretty good about watching the, uh, superhero releases as they come out. So I actually went and saw, you know, Thor, the dark world in theaters, Mm -hmm. Avengers, the original Thor, you know, uh, and actually the original Captain America as well.
3: Which one did we go see with, uh, Skrull Brian? Uh, was that Captain America? Oh, no, it was Iron Man 2. That's what we went and saw. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Matthew, what about you? Captain America the Winter Soldier on opening night?
2: No. Yeah. Why not? I could not possibly care less about opening night. Why not? Why opening don't you care about quite, opening well, night? Well, it, well, first of all, I'm in no hurry to see a movie. I mean, there's no, it's not like I get a prize for being the first guy to know. Um, I'm, quite versed at avoiding spoilers i mean i work for major spoilers and if i don't want to know about something i just don't look it up or avoid the things that steven links that have that and more importantly on a thursday night in topeka kansas there is going to be a ridiculously high jack wagon to ass clown ratio in the wow
3: go go to lawrence
2: and (laughs) that'll help (laughs) <laughs> yes, travel to the college town. <laughs> They're all studying That'll on a Thursday night. Better, mm-hmm. they all Are study on Thursday your nights. Mo- You're new here. Thursday, you live in a college town. You know is that final that. four. Yeah, I don't think so. It is is it? actually, I think this yeah. week, right? Plus, I, I work know. at eight a.m. Friday, so oh, well, you know, that's
0: why that's the, that's the, like the, part of me liked a midnight showing, so it's like mm-hmm. this buzz of like. Well, we're all like making weird sacrifices of not sleeping so we can go and enjoy this movie together and hope some like drunk college kids in there shouting things like that one guy did when I watched The Dark Knight Rises.
3: What did he shout?
2: Zach, what uh, did he, he
0: when um he so spoilers at the end of Dark Knight Rises when you find out Joseph Corden lever's character is who he is. Right. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll avoid spoilers. So you find out who he is. Mm-hmm. He uh, went on a tirade against Christopher <laughs> Nolan, saying how, in much more explicit laden, ruined the series, right. and was the worst turn of any movie ever. So I wonder. With- well,
2: having French Stewart show up as his big brother Harry yeah. was shocking.
3: <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. You know, part of the part of the appeal of going and getting something on. An opening night, whether that be the brand new Harry Potter book, Mm. whether that be the um, the Twilight book or uh, the new CD release uh, album release or a movie release is. I'm a fan of this and I want it now, you Mm. know, it's this immediacy of I've got to have this now. And um, and I think then when you go to a, a movie on opening night Whether it's, you know, a midnight showing or whether it's the first showing at five o'clock on a on a Friday afternoon, whatever that may be, you're going to be having that shared experience with other people who are just as excited as you are to see this movie Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to, you know, the the uh, the octogenarians who just got out of their three o'clock dinner. And what are we going to do? Well, let's go see this Captain America movie. I don't know anything about it. Uh, I think that you end up in an experience where more people are – that energy that goes out uh, is shared among everybody. And so it makes this experience even more intense yeah. than than what it is. Um, very yeah, much like – that a counter? No, no. I was going to say very much like you wanting to watch uh, How I Met Your Mother. Did you watch it live when it happened or did you watch it um, um, I hours it after?
2: And, eh, it wasn't hours after. It was when my wife got home. I DVR'd it. Oh, okay. But, All right. See, and – I, I definitely understand your points, but there there are two things that I have is if I'm going to rush and be the first person, it's because there's a limited number of something because they're, they might run out. And if you're not there, you won't get your, you know, mm-hmm. signed and numbered uh, glow in the dark copy. Mm-hmm. And secondly, as much as I love the shared experience, other people suck. And I just, you know, I don't know. Zach's 20, what, 21? Two. He's 22. Okay. He so does a number twenty two, <laughs> he
3: always brings a background of to poop jokes, don't you, Zach? So
2: Zach it's, it's my secret. Yeah, he skill. did that. That was clearly <laughs> Zach who did that. Uh, at twenty two, I you know I shared a little bit of that, but at forty four, didn't you go, 40, didn't you go see we, like forty uh, three?
3: Didn't you go see Star Trek? Was it Generations or whatever on opening night with us?
2: Yeah. You didn't. I I went and I saw this like Boaz
3: whatever. and. I thought Otter went, oh, Lycum, like we? and me, and Lippert, and...
2: Oh, is that the one where they... That's the one where they killed Kirk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went, but I think it was your idea. Probably. <laughs> so, I mean... But you still it's went. still your yeah, fault. Yeah. But you still went, though. Well, I went. Well, I was... Well, it was For 1996. Sure. And, I was younger then.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: I'm older. Than well,
1: I, and I mean, that... I mean, that's, that's kind of how I am. Uh, probably the last movie that i went to see in a theater with people was actually steven's idea like uh, you know you if, if you hang out with a group of people and one of you is that person that is like guys let's go see it on opening night and you're like oh. and Get or you're someone up. like someone Get like up. me yeah if you're someone like me or like matthew who is like well there's going to be people there
3: <laughs> um, oh, hey, don't get then, me don't get me wrong. I don't like mass pe- mass amounts of people either.
1: Right, it, but 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 the the thing is actually for someone who is like that, someone who is like me, who is like, well, I like to avoid theater experiences in general mm-hmm. because it kind of taints the movie if the audience is bad. Yeah. Um, that that can be largely mitigated if you go with your friends, mm-hmm. and, and I think you know if if. Uh, all of us lived in the same city and it was convenient, you could probably convince Matthew to go see it opening night with us. Oh, I'm sure. As
2: long as we can go to the theater up on the hill that has the comfortable seats.
4: Sure. Yeah,
1: sure. Sure. I mean, you know, you start, you, you know, you you make arrangements. For yeah. I, you know, I rarely yeah. go to
3: an opening night thing. Mm. I might go, and especially not for showing. I really want to go because I'm really interested in seeing Captain America. Yeah. I think of all the Marvel movies that have been put out by any studio, the first Captain America is by far my favorite. And so Ooh. I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with this one. And from all accounts, strong female mm-hmm. uh, characterizations with Black Widow and uh, Sharon Carter, um, some great combat action. According to Cat Halo, we get to see the Falcon in this. Uh, there's some really cool Falcon. elements that I think are going to be in here. And so I'm willing Falcon. to sacrifice sure. the ne- potential negative sides to go in and see this yeah. as first as possible. Plus, there's another reason why I think the four of us are going to go see it as early as we can.
2: Um, Johansson
3: no 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 some other reason people will find out later um,
0: we're, actually the, we're actually in the movie
3: yeah we're <laughs> shut up nice, Zach nice. damn it <laughs> I didn't get that cue from your face <laughs> yeah the cue of <sighs> yes zipping your lip is yeah, yeah, is yeah. the cue of of talking and it's going to open it.
1: Did- is this, oh, is that, is this that, uh, that spin off that they're talking about? Janitors of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah.
2: House. How exactly. Stephen met uh, uh, Captain Copyright, America. major
0: spoilers, you 2014. Are, you are going to want to stay after the credits. Yes. You thought Shwarma yeah. was exciting? Wait till you see <laughs> four dudes pushing slump, some brooms. Buckets. <laughs> Uh, orange jumps I, I think I I think I have found a, a slight loophole if you want to see something opening night mm-hmm. but don't want to be around people mm-hmm. when we saw um Catching Fire mm-hmm. my my uh my Aubrey and I uh we bought the the two movie pass so right. we got the first movie and the second movie and we're in the biggest theater and there's only like 40 people in there cuz that's the only mm-hmm. people that want to get off in the middle of the day and go watch a a 4-year-old mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. um but we were the only people in there, even for the first showing. Oh, okay. It's only people that bought those two. Mm-hmm. So we got to see the first showing of a movie, like 40 people in our giant theater, because we bought if this were, tickets. If
3: this were summertime, I would not go see the midnight showing of the movie. I would go and see the um, 10 a.m. showing, uh, because yeah. the movie theater opens up at 10 a.m. in the summertime, and that's when they start showing movies. So mm-hmm. that's how I went and saw the Star Wars movies, uh, 2 and 3, when they came out um in the theater, same way i went and saw the matrix is like i'm gonna wait until you know that early afternoon showing and there's generally not a lot of people in Mm. there um but i'm really excited about seeing this and i'll put up with the uh you know the occasional um, kick to the back of my seat Uh, although if you sit in that row if we're in the uh stadium seating if you sit in the row in front of where everybody walks yeah then nobody's bumping into your seat the entire time Mm -hmm. of course you're looking up the entire time but you know, could that, be worse.
0: That would be the best. If you're going to sit close, that would be the best place to sit. Because you're not it too, is. that's probably the best theater we it have is. too.
3: Yep. Um, so I typically don't see a lot of opening night movies. In fact, I can't remember the last movie that I went to see opening night. It may have been Iron Man.
0: Interesting. I think or it was the Avengers.
3: No, maybe it was, um, it was just a few months ago. <laughs> it was a few months ago, but I didn't see it opening. I mean, I saw it on the opening weekend. Mm mm-hmm. So I think that's a little bit different than seeing it opening night because I really wasn't super interested in. uh, I mean, I wasn't so diehard dedicated that I had to see it, but I wanted to see it opening weekend. um, Part of that shared experience. Um, But this one, I I do want to see opening night. Now, Matthew, you had mentioned about it's not a limited run. Um, For a theater going experience, if you're having that communal experience, Movies in the theater are kind of a limited run. They're there for two, four weeks, you know, however long mm-hmm. they're in that theater, and then they're gone. So but, if you're wanting to see that, and, and I'm I'm proposing we sure. don't see this in 3D. Oh no, heck no! But if you want to have that theater experience, you're only you've only got a short window to go see it in.
0: Yeah, I think what Matthew was trying to get at was in some cases oh, yeah, like about, Harry Potter, of like yeah, yeah. we only have 400 books. Mm-hmm. You got to get here, otherwise yeah. you're. Right. Boot, if, I, if
2: I don't see it opening weekend, I may see it at the dollar theater. If I don't see it at the sure. dollar theater, it'll show up on epics in a year. Yeah,
0: sure. And especially living in a so, city you when know, you, you guys out. have More multiple theaters yeah. and
2: multiple screens. Yeah, and,
0: especially and, dollar theaters. And is stuff. there Things anything that
3: um, is there any time that you've watched a movie that you intentionally didn't watch it in the theater and said, oh, man, I wish I would have seen that in the theater?
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Inception.
3: Inception, okay.
0: I never even really heard about it until I watched it at someone's house on DVD. I was like, I missed out on watching this in theaters.
3: Okay. Matthew, what about you?
2: Fight Club. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I wish I had seen that in the theater. I didn't catch that until it came to basic cable. And then I had to go and track it down unedited so I could see Mm -hmm. it. But never saw that in the theater. I kind of wish I had because... I think that'd be an entirely different experience on a huge, massive screen. Rodrigo.
1: Pi, but only if I could have traveled back in time as an adult to see it. Because I think I was too young to really understand it when Mm -hmm. it came out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah,
3: I
2: wish I'd seen Pi in the theater. What year did that come out?
3: Mm, 94, 94, something like that, 5.
2: So what were you, 12? No,
1: I was in, uh, maybe... Uh, let's what see. year were you born? I would have been like 11. Okay. Pierce
3: said, The last movie I waited in line for on an opening night was Attack of the Clones. I guess it left an impression on me. Russ Cat says, <laughs> I try to see it during the first week, preferably in a matinee to save a couple bucks. Uh, our theater prices are cheap now. they got, like four they, bucks they were, or something, six really bucks. Low. Yeah,
0: they're like
3: six. Man. Cat Halo says, I've seen yep. it and I went on 17. opening night with my dad. And he goes into some detail about stuff that I won't go into right now. Ingrid says, I don't particularly like lines or crowds. Besides, my schedule is busy enough. I'll be lucky to actually see it in theater. That happened to me with uh, American Hustle. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Good film. I did watch it just recently. Yeah. Alicia says, no. I, I came re- out in. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Pike came out in 98, so I would have been 15. Mm. Cool. Really? 98? Wow. Okay. I, that was one of the very
3: first movies that I bought on DVD. Ooh. Yeah. Alicia says, no, I rarely see movies in the theater at all, let alone the first week that they're there. It isn't a lack of interest or anything, but rather a lack of funds for the most part. Kirby says, I'm a matinee sort of guy. Uh, And the list goes on and on and on. People uh, go into detail over at Major Spoilers. How has uh, the uh, Major Spoilers Nation voted right now, Matthew?
2: The Major Spoilers Nation has voted 115 times. Of those votes, 70% say... No, there's no reason to go to the theater on opening night. 30% say, yes, people are jack wagons, but I will do and see in with the frozen frozen phrasm. And as always, the joke falls apart at the end.
3: So there is yeah. an interesting um, report out this week at uh, the Hollywood Reporter where they talk about young theater going attendance is actually way down in the last year compared to years past. Really? And they say it's not due to ticket prices. Even though um, mean? many, many theaters have dropped their ticket prices, what they're accrediting it to or attributing it to is the increase of mobile devices and how people can get much of their content that they want on their iPad or their uh, mobile phone, their Galaxy phone, mm-hmm. or they're playing uh, Xbox or the PS, you know, the, the PS, uh, whatever sure. version, PlayStation version. And
0: Sorry. you're starting to see it reflect more. I mean, mm-hmm. Frozen came out on digital Two or three weeks before yeah. it came out on Blu-ray. Yeah, Like, exactly. super far in advance. Yeah. And all – every major re- movie release comes out at least a week early well, on, iTunes yeah, on iTunes before it does on discs. And
3: I'm, that's why I was surprised when uh, Justice League War came out, uh, the, the new 52 take on Justice League. It was out, like, three weeks before it hit DVD. Mm-hmm. And people were like, how have you watched this? It's like, well, I've watched it on the iTunes. Mm-hmm. So –
0: and streaming services have created this weird culture of binge watching, mm-hmm. which I think is going to really start playing into it. And we're probably already seeing a little bit of box office. Did I stuff. send you that
3: link to that Hollywood Reporter story? No. Oh, you, or maybe it was Variety. Maybe it's Variety as uh-huh. it is. Go look it up on Variety, Zach. I think you'll find some fascinating elements in there okay. uh, that may back up your claim about binge watching and Netflix mm-hmm. and everything. So. All right, listeners, Good if you want that. to uh, cast Yay. your vote in the Major Spoilers Poll of the Week, head over to Majorspoilers.com. Look for that poll of the week and uh, vote, vote, vote oh. away. Use the comment section to share your thoughts and ideas. And if you are looking for a new pair of headphones, I might point you to, tweet, to, to Tweaked Audio, TweakedAudio.com. <laughs> That's the place where you want to go to get some awesome headphones. These things are awesome. Did I say oh, that like, they're awesome? They're uh, awesome.
0: No. What,
3: how would you describe them? If I could surgically implant them in my head, I would.
0: What would you plug them in to listen to your kids at night then?
3: I would surgically (laughs) implant them into my head. (laughs) These things are so great they come in a variety of different sizes. Shapes, colors, microphones, no microphones. Hook them into your uh, works with all uh, MP3 players, mobile devices. Anything that just has a regular headphone jack Mm -hmm. works great with these. And best of all, if you head over to tweakedaudio.com and you use the checkout code major, you get a third off your price. So if you bought like... What is it? Six of them. It'd be like getting a pair free, or two pair free. <laughs> two pairs. Maybe you got by nine, nine of them, no. and you get one of them free. Heck, I mean, just buy one for every <laughs> member of your family. Buy one for every member of your family, Zach. Extended family. Extended family as well. Oh, and not not to uh, point hey, out age you know differences here with Zach. Everybody <laughs> points to Zach as being the young member. But Zach has a brother that just turned 1? Just turned 1. Just yeah. turned 1. Wow. That's a uh, Yes. So go buy him a pair of my, tweaked audio. My my family phones.
0: is getting a TLC show next season. Are they really? Yeah. <laughs> my my It's called just uh, turned Welcome one. to the Wolfden. <laughs> Wolfden. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. that's a good one. That's yeah. a good that's a there good title. Go. Yeah.
1: Um I would say, you know, uh some some people that I know are getting married soon. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for uh, favors to give away uh, as part of the wedding, oh, yeah, like there something go, that Zach. people can, can, can take, you can do tweaked audio headphones, use the code and you will save a lot because you're going to, you're going to get a huge discount. Yeah.
3: Nice. Those are, you know, I, I have not been to too many weddings where they do give away favors. <laughs> we gave away favors during our wedding.
2: Yeah, no, we're not giving away favors. Oh, sack! We gave away disposable cameras so that everybody could take pictures.
3: That um, How many pictures seems of really old. How many pictures of people's junk did you get?
0: Yeah, how'd that, how'd that happen? Here's a terrifying thing that when we went to a wedding... I don't know i why well, I'm not telling you this, but who cares? Uh, we went to a wedding thing and the DJ service has this projector screen mm-hmm. where you can send text messages to a number... And it will project them on a screen <laughs> in the middle of your wedding. I said, this I is the dumbest that. thing ever. And then I started taking... Because then I had to sit through a uh, fashion show. Because we'd see if we won our honeymoon thing. And the thing was right there in front of everyone. And like, I just gotta try this out. And so I just started texting things. And things would just start showing up. Did so, you put like... Uh, oh, no. And then so Matthew was sending me stuff to put on Twitter. And people... I was just putting <laughs> random crap up on the screen. No one cared. And that, like, it would be worse if it was at a wedding. I wasn't even like... No one was drinking there. Can you imagine... At a wedding ceremony? No, I cannot they, imagine that. <laughs> at a reception, everyone's drinking and just throwing things up for all of your little old grandparents to see.
3: How many days? till I get married? Yes.
0: Uh, four
1: months from tomorrow.
3: 17. Four months from tomorrow. Yeah.
1: Wow.
2: Holy is crap. That, is that now
1: that is the name of a sci-fi. You know, <laughs>
2: you know, as we're recording, it is actually my 19th wedding anniversary.
0: Hey, look at that. Oh, you got married? Having cool been married like yeah. No way. You didn't get married in April Fool's. Otter
2: Disaster. I, I, yes, they well, did. I had co-best oh, men, wow. but Otter Disaster said to me on the night of the 31st, he said, congratulations, I'm happy for you, but if at any point tomorrow you say April Fool's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> so the most said, elaborate April Fool's said, knock you, you out. out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was it was uh, one of those things. So. Hey, you
3: know what? This is a comic book and pop culture show. So why don't we review some comics?
0: Comic books. Hey,
3: out this week, comic. out this week from uh, who is this uh, image comics? No, I forget who this is from. What? It's Starlight it, number Starlight? two from uh, Mark Miller. And Gordon Isn't
2: that from the Miller world.
3: Well, it like, is the Miller world, weird. but I forget who the publisher is at the moment. Uh, I reviewed this a couple of uh, last month. In fact, I re- reviewed the first issue where we talked about Duke and how he was this, uh, you know, a Flash Gordon type hero that came back to Earth and no one believed him and his life just kind of went to crap for 40 years.
4: His now, life went to crap for
3: years. someone has mm-hmm. shown up from the planet that he saved 40 years ago and is like, oh, great hero. We worship you. Statues have been built about uh, based on you. Songs have been written about you. Stories have been written Our world has been overtaken by these people who want our resources and we need your help again. And this is the part of the story when we look at the hero's journey where the hero refuses the call. Hmm. And he's basically like, nope, too old. Can't help you. If you want to hide out here, kid, you're more more than welcome to hide out here. But uh, I can't. uh, I'm not going to be any help to you. And the kid's like, ah, screw you, old man. You know, we thought you were the greatest hero. Then we have that reflection phase. And finally, Duke says, let's do it. And so this whole issue is him refusing the call, finding a setting up the, of the great conflict of the invading army uh, onto the uh, planet and Duke making that commitment to go back into space. Freaking fantastic story. I gave Starlight number one five out of five stars. Mm-hmm. This is five out of five slices of meatloaf Holy stars, crap. whatever you want to call it. Fricking great story. I thought that this was going to be the point in the book where I was like, all right, Miller did it right here. Here's where it all goes to crap. But this continues to be an now, excellent that's story. Up. I know. I'm waiting for that part.
2: You're thinking of Frank Miller.
3: Oh, that's right. This is Mark Miller. Um yeah, yeah I'm just waiting for Duke yeah. to turn to the camera and give us all the bird. No, this mm-hmm. is so aw- this is a great story. This is the hero reborn type thing. You know, the the old man going out one last time has his leaving everything behind, doesn't really care anymore, and he's going to punch it and he's going to go go out in a, in a blaze of glory. He doesn't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. And I think it's fantastic. The art by Goran Parlov, again, is great. It's very unique. It is um, not something that you're typically going to see in uh, comics. Uh, That's a freaking fantastic story. Ladies and gentlemen, rush right out and get Starlight number two this week. Pick it up. And then if you haven't read Starlight number one, Go pick that one up, too. If you like Flash Gordon and you want an alternate alternative take on Flash Gordon, what if Flash Gordon came back and he had to live out the rest of his life as a normal schmo? This is kind of that story. And I know people are saying, no, it's really not that story, but it is. It's got that theme. It's got that trope that's 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 pasted upon it. But this is this is cool. I cannot wait to see what happens next.
2: Yeah, the final episode will be considered the worst ever
3: probably <laughs> probably well, uh, spo- well i could have just said shouted something out right there that would have spoiled everything and i'll Don't tell do it. and i'll do it at the end of the show uh Don't. rodrigo <laughs> dynamite entertainment this week has a new red sonia book out
1: it does and uh i i'm reviewing it uh because i am a comic book reviewer on this podcast uh but so <laughs> uh, 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 also possibly a space fungus pretending to be a human <laughs> how could you know how could you know how could you know <laughs> uh, so last week last week i reviewed a red sonia title as well I'm starting to sense Um, panic a space fun guy. Yeah. Oh, that's the answer.
3: We know that Rodrigo is a space boar because he's a real fun guy. Oh, 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 Uh
0: oh, Oh. oh, he win. (laughs) He win. (laughs) Careful
2: with joke like that because there's not all that much. (laughs) Oh my God.
3: That was the best ever. Any ding dong diddly way. (laughs)
1: So, uh, I was all set to review another comic this week. Uh, more than likely not a Red Sonya title. Uh, but I saw that this one was called Red Sonya and Cub. And, uh, we did, we did Lone Wolf and Cub on the show. Right. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm actually all of a sudden insanely curious about what they take, about what they do, because you know, you have to know that this, comic came from the title right right like i i I would find it very surprising that they wrote out this comic and then we're like you know this is kind of like lone wolf and cub so let's call it that um so i'm like all right what are they keeping what are they taking out um what they are keeping is a little kid um what they are taking out is everything else Um, um It is kind of in a vaguely Japanese, uh, seeming place, uh, with vaguely Japanese sounding people. Um, of course, this all happens in, in the, uh, Hyborian age, right? Yes, uh, so, yes. um, this is all proto things, right? There's like, this is thousands of years before any recorded civilization or something like that. Um, so all of it is you. You have to throw the word "proto" in front of anything. So this uh, proto Japanese proto child is proto abandoned in the forest. Uh, the proto um,
3: forest or regular forest?
1: The proto the proto forest. Uh, <laughs> but uh, basically, uh, she this this little child is to be uh, married to an important dignitary of another clan. And members of her own clan are actually trying to stop it uh, because they don't they don't want that that uh, joining to happen. And so basically, Red Sonya is like, "Okay, I'm gonna help you out." Um, I don't believe there's any point in which the girl is riding piggyback while Red Sonya slices people. So I was a little like, "You'd think that would be a a slam dunk," but they they kind of uh, ended up not doing that. Um, and it's it's a one shot, so it's a it's a done in one. Uh, the art is good. It's uh, Jonathan Lau, who I'm not very familiar with, but uh, his I art. I think he's done
3: some uh, other seems,
1: dynamite stuff.
4: Yeah,
1: I think he has. Uh, to me, the art was actually. Did he do? Did, did, uh, hang on one second. Sorry, I should have I should have done this ahead of time. Uh,
2: it's okay, we can edit that out. Jonathan, oh. I was just going
3: to look up the, some of the stuff that he's done.
1: Yeah. The, he, yeah, he's done other stuff for Dynamite. His art is very reminiscent of whoever is somewhat reminiscent of whoever does uh, the Dark Tower mm, That's what uh, I was going to say.
2: That's, uh, uh,
1: the but, interiors or the covers? The interiors. No, wait, yeah, the covers.
2: The covers are Jay Lee. Yeah, Jay Lee. Yeah.
1: So uh it has that kind of like very high contrast like super smoothness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that uh the the that that art has that's kind of what reminded me of it but it's good i mean I, i i like it a lot um the the action is good um and uh, I like the design of Red Sonia's outfit because even though she does have probably more skin exposed than is sensible in this like very snowy place, she's not just wearing the chainmail bikini. She actually kind of has this like chainmail and uh like leather armor setup, mm-hmm. uh, which I think looks really good and a lot more feasible than a chainmail bikini. Um, so I was, I was into, I was into that overall. Um, I'm going to give this, I'll give this, let's say three and a half slices of meatloaf. It was a very positive experience. I was hooked in by the, uh, lone wolf and, and cub reference. And I, and I was not turned off by the story itself, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I found it generally very enjoyable.
3: Zach, nice. written by one of your favorite writers, Jim Zub. Jim Zub. Uh,
0: Skull Kickers Zub, came Zub. back uh, yep. last week. Yep, there you go. Zub, Zub.
3: Uh, so let's see. I did a whatever it is. I think it's Image Comics. Rodrigo did a Dynamite. Matthew, why don't you do another independent with uh, Valiant?
4: Valiant Comics,
2: Volume 3.00. Oh, 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 oh. Valiant's... Uh, w- Third renaissance, I guess I'd call it, since 1992 in the old school Valiant universe, has been kind of um, a mixed bag for me. None of it has been terrible, but really the standout wonderful title, Archer and Armstrong, had their latest issue this week, Archer and Armstrong number 19. Uh, if you're familiar with the concept, it's basically an immortal guy who is debauched and old and drunk and basically kind of a terrible, terrible example, teamed up with a young man who has led a sheltered life. In this incarnation, uh, Obadiah Archer was a young boy who was created and shaped by an evil organization called the sect, and his one job in life was to destroy their eternal enemy, he who shall not be named, also known as Armstrong. Um, of course, that went oddly, and Archer and Armstrong have now kind of teamed up to become buddies. And it seems that the sect are jerks. In a previous issue, another returning valiant team, the Hardcore—that's C O R P S—it's a—it's a, it's a pun—have uh, stolen Obadiah Archer and taken him into custody in the hopes that they can do something, something uh, dastardly deeds. And Armstrong has actually teamed. Up old enemies, the sect, to track down his partner. And it actually leads to some particularly funny dialogue. And uh, Fred Van Lenty is the writer, I believe. And there's a moment where he's surrounded by these uh, higher level jerks of the sect, and they all have their own little thing. One of them is the internet guy, and one of them is this former Nazi, and one of them has secret handshakes. But they all refer to him as he who is not to be named. Our deepest of policies, he who is not to be named. Interesting. <laughs> our guards made an error. Yeah, it's funny because he's their eternal enemy. Uh, his little brother is the eternal warrior. Most of the issue is taken up by a fight between the members of the hardcore and Obadiah Archer, who is asleep. He is sleep fighting. And one of the brilliant things that they've done throughout this thing – throughout the series to date, is when Archer goes into action, the knowledge that is in his head shows up as these informational text boxes. So at one point, he's using a martial art called Hua Reng Do, the Way of the Flowering Knights. And you get a little bit explaining what he's doing and why he's doing it as part of the way his mind works. It's really fascinating. There's some fighty-fighty. The hardcore is back as they were mostly in volume one of Valiant. They are uh, corporate jerks who have an evil corporate overlord. They have the ability to turn on Harbinger powers at will, but by contacting their central dispatcher and telling her what powers they want. And six of them are no match for one 17 year old kid, which I think is fascinating. But as the issue goes on, we discovered that there are wheels within wheels One of the hardcore's members may not be on the same page, and at the end, we end up with Bloodshot, another character who is currently the leader of the hardcore, teaming up with Armstrong to stop his own people from killing Obadiah Archer. There's also open heart surgery. Um, I'm not sure where that comes in, but it's a really, really fascinating issue, I I have been a sucker for Archer and Armstrong from the beginning of this series. And this issue is no exam. No example. It is an example. It's no exception. English is hard. I'm still upset about the canceled. How I met your mother. 10 years. I've been watching that show longer than I've had a kid. That's not true either. But. Good issue. Four slices of meatloaf for uh, Archer and Armstrong number 19. Crossing over next month into Bloodshot and Hardcore number 21. And then coming back into this issue. Uh, I believe next issue has a cover by that guy you love from Spider-Man, Stephen. Um, the Robert one De where Ramos? everybody has big freakish bug eyes. Yeah, that guy.
3: Freakish Alex bug Ross? eyes guy.
2: Yeah, that guy from Spider-Man.
3: All right. Cool. Can't
2: wait. Um, Joe all right. What year is it? Does Joe Manganiello work anymore? Sure. I think uh, Battle Chasers is still going. <laughs> When's issue eight coming out?
1: Uh, 2050. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, Zach. It is up to you
3: to uh, dazzle us with some uh, comic book review stuff.
1: Well... You're
3: going to disappoint me, aren't you?
0: Well, because when you say comic book review stuff... Does he that to also... review a comic book, Zach. Well, I'm not. What? I'm not. I'm Actually, gonna... I'm interested sure. in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I am reviewing tonight is is a slightly new game called Mercenary Kings. And I say slightly new um, because an early access version released late last summer um, after it had a successful Kickstarter, but the full game just released on... Um, well, I got it on Steam, but you, I think there's other places you can get it. Um, PS4 came Ryu out Games. today. Oh, yep. There it is. PlayStation 4. Not a, not a joke. Uh, for real. Out on the PlayStation Network. And it is Mercenary Kings. And this is a side scrolling shoot 'em up game, but it has an interesting element built in. There's kind of, um, it, the our RPG in the sense that, um, so from what I understand right now, you're not like making decisions that are ultimately going to affect you in the game, but there's a whole lot of customization involved. No, you really can um, you collecting uh, parts and bits, and you get to build better weapons, upgrade systems, uh, change your clothes, change your style, buy better weapons, and such such like that. <clears throat> Which is not, uh, the way it's presented is not something I had encountered in a side-scrolling shooting game yet. Um, which had me very interested and people were speaking favorably about it. So I started to jump in and I've played about, um, two hours of it. I was going to play a little bit more tonight, but there was an update for it and it was being weird on the Mac version. So I had to download something extra. So I took up time, so I didn't get to play as much as I wanted to before we recorded. Um, but so far I am enjoying it. Um, 8-bit graphics. It is 8-bit, but it looks very... It's a very, very nice, clean 8-bit. I like the character so design the a lot. the style of.
3: Yeah. Kind of like your uh, Rogue Legacy. Mm, yes.
0: Okay. Uh, I, I think better designed and looks better than Rogue Legacy, though. Okay. Um, there's a whole lot of different characters, because, like, based in this camp, where different people will give you different bonuses, it'll help you do things, it'll uh, build med kits for you or upgrade your weapons and stuff like that, and they all are um, very interesting looking and have very distinct personalities. And so that uh, aspect is good. And I like the um, missions to... There's a whole lot of missions. um, So I haven't even touched the surface of all of them yet. Um, But collecting stuff and getting to upgrade your weapons through the money you collect from completing missions and parts you get from uh, enemies dropping stuff. uh, Like all that And so it just has a good feel, kind of retro feel to it, which I like. The only bad part um, that I've encountered so far is that all of my missions have taken place on what is essentially the same map of this enemy base kind of thing. You're just going in and having to extract people or kill a certain amount of enemies or take out a boss and it's all been based on the same map which not entirely problematic Mm -hmm. if you think about it like a game um like borderlands or something where you're gonna you're gonna do a lot of missions you're gonna explore a lot of space but sometimes you're gonna do a lot of missions that are gonna be involved in relatively the same general town area this outskirts of killing so many beasts so um it's just a different uh map style layout that I've been used to in these kind of games. Usually uh, you beat well, world one level one, and then you move on to world one level two and so forth. But that's not the way this is set up. And so that's some taking some getting used to. There seem to be different ranks for missions. So I'm hoping that once I get through this big block, then we get a different map. And if that, if that and if that's the case, then Not going to be a big deal because the missions are relatively short. There is a timer, so that is a a thing that is involved. You have to finish your missions in a certain amount of time um, while also completing the thing. So all in all, I've been really enjoying it so far. It is kind of difficult. It's getting better now because I got a a joystick mapper for my computer because playing on the keyboard was hard, but then I got a joystick mapper to plug an Xbox controller in. That helped a lot, so I'd recommend that.
3: Cool. I thought about doing that.
0: It's pretty nice. I got one. The app was like five bucks off the app store. Mm. It's kind of tedious to put inputs in in. because you have to like figure out what the keyboard button is and map it. And that took a little bit, but certainly worth it. Okay. Um, But so I'm going to give Mercenary Kings uh, four slices of meatloaf, 15 bucks as of right now.
3: Excellent. So are we going to see this on a future Zach plays? Um, Probably. Yes. Okay. And if you're wondering, listeners, what the heck is a Zach plays? It probably means you're not subscribing to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash major spoilers videos. We've got all sorts of stuff over there, including Zach playing video games. They have become uh, quite uh, popular. We've got new episodes of the want list that are going up, Lego builds and a whole lot more over at our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. We appreciate that. We appreciate everything that you guys do, including sharing this episode with a friend. The more people that listen, the more great things that we can do, and we cannot wait to do more things for you because that's the ultimate end result, right? Is we're generating content, we're generating entertainment, we're generating hopefully a little bit of joy in your life. For our listeners, you're on board for that, aren't you, Matthew? Matthew. <laughs> Matthew. He died. He died. All April, right,
2: April Fool's. Oh, April. I'm sorry. You know how when Zach talks, sometimes you have to mute your mic so that you don't cough over him? Yes, I do do that naturally. Awesome. Sometimes if you do that (laughs) and you're just staring off into space, Stephen will say something and you'll make the funniest remark ever. And it will not go out because your mic was muted. But Mm. on the plus side, I'm not going to repeat it because that would ruin it. But just know it was the cleverest thing ever. Mm -hmm,
3: all right mm -hmm. so real quick answers this is this is is a super fast lightning no drawn out explanation awesome (whistles) this comes from eddie in pittsburgh you may have been asked this many times in the past but what single superpower would each of you have if given the choice rodrigo pen and stare matthew
2: super speed
3: zach telekinesis and i would go with mind reading all right, everybody, that wraps with up for this issue. With
4: mind bullets.
3: With mind bullets. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the Major Spoilers experience. Next week, if I can get it, I am interested in checking out the Dresden Files in comic book form. Why? Because we know that you love comics. We do too. We will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at com. Visit majorspoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers.
4: If the X-ray vision of a Superman, I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds, well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store I knew, to kicked my butt out on the corner. What I made just for What I made you for yeah 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 What I made you for Start raving rich like a man of iron. I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine, being in the middle of with a king, Santo Throwing soldier. What a major spoiler. Major Major Spoilers is copyright 2014.